Stand and deliver. You let them put the fear on you. Stand and deliver. Another word you heard was true. But if there's nothing you can say, it may be nothing you can do. Well, here we are at Stand and Deliver for Citizens for Free Speech. I'm Patrick Wood, and I'm here with... Well, as you can see by the name and the screen, uh, on the corner of the screen, my name is Bob France, but my pronouns are king and master for today. So if you refer to me as anything other than Bob, I expect to be referred to as king and master because we get to choose our pronouns now. That's the nature of free speech, according to what we've been told. We can be called whatever we want. So I'll be Bob France, National Communications Director for Citizens for Free Speech, Ohio chapter uh, president and, and, uh, and leader. And yes, king and master for the duration of this uh, of this podcast, Patrick. You beat me to the titles. You've got the best titles. Now I have to go fishing for something of, of lesser whatever. Uh, but good job, master king. Well, but you, but, but you know what? Hey, here's, here's good news. Here's good news. Uh, and thank you for referring to me as master. Here's good news. I may change those pronouns on a whim because I may feel like something different at that moment. So if I give up king and master for something else, you go ahead and grab them and they'll be yours. So that's the nice thing about it in this uh, strange world of ours. And this is the best part. You'll be compelled to use them or else you will be offending me and you'll get canceled. So, <laughs> that's right. That's right. That, that reminds me of, of a story. When I was young, I grew up on a ranch and my uh, my mother made the comment one time that I'm, I was so slow that she had to line me up against a fence post to see if I was moving. So, <laughs> so I think I'm going to identify as a fence post. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, well, Mr. Post, uh, I, I appreciate uh, you, you, you playing along here. And you know what? We're, we're, we're being a little bit silly, but only a little bit. And, and what, what the heck? On episode five here of Stand and Deliver, which is all about free speech, this is free speech radio or free speech podcasting, one of the, one of the stories we're going to talk about we might as well start with now. And, yes. and that is, of course, the, the, the concern over this this pronoun insanity that has taken over. I read a terrific article this week on pronoun passports that are coming. It was on missionamerica.com. Linda Harvey was actually one of the presenters at our Ohio webinar that we did for CFFS. And for newbies watching our podcast or listening to our podcast for the first time, we do webinars. We do national town hall webinars. We do uh, volunteer meetings. And yes, state by state, chapter by chapter, we do webinars. And in Ohio, we had Linda Harvey, who was one of our presenters last month. Um, But she is shining a spotlight on public schools that are requiring pronoun um, uh, training, I guess, if you will, so that every teacher and every student in the school must identify everybody else who wants to use a different pronoun than the traditional singular pronoun that comes for a single person and the traditional male or female pronoun that comes with a male or a female and that everyone's pronouns must be learned and respected and used. And Pat, we've talked about this before, but man, I I can't say it enough. Compelled speech is sometimes worse than repressed or suppressed speech, telling people they have to say something they don't believe or do not, you know, buy into for for just political correctness reasons and saying they must say that or face punitive sanctions in schools or anywhere else, that is just a bald-faced 
uh, a violation of the First Amendment, Pat. I hate it. I hate it. Boy, it sure, it. it sure is. And it's no wonder that this article starts out and says uh, children and teachers are being pressured by someone else, not the teacher themselves, coming from the top down. And mm-hmm. it's no wonder that it says parents are livid. They're just flipping out over this requirement because it's just so against the traditional you know, values of the family, et cetera, et cetera. And it is kind of the opposite of, um, it's opposed to censorship. Censorship tells you what you cannot say. This is forcing you what to say. And you have no choice. You know, they're saying, oh, you got to do this. And, of course, little, little you know, Jimmy and, and little Susie are going to figure, hey, I don't want to be scorned by the other students. I better pick my pick a pronoun for myself. Yeah, and yeah. Now and, 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 you, and you know what, Pat, just real super quick. <laughs> When you said it kind of violates the um, traditional values or, or standards or whatever that people have, that's a part of it. But the other part of it, it just violates the language. Our English English language has rules, singular, plural, masculine, feminine, and so on and so forth, that are, that are immutable. You can't just change the rules of grammar because somebody decided that their sensibilities are offended if they don't get called whatever gender or non-gendered, binary gendered, or whatever other of just literally hundreds of pronouns that can be created. And I will tell you, as a former, I can tell you as a father, I'm with you on the first part. My family values and so forth, you know, you shouldn't, shouldn't force people to say things they don't believe in. Shouldn't force people to say things that are non-scientifically true anyway. But, but the other part is I'm a former English teacher. Before I got into broadcasting uh, and activism, uh, I was an English teacher in a past life, about six years. And, yes, junior high English, I was all about the mechanics of language. And I was all about teaching the rules of grammar. Uh, and I am just beside myself when I see somebody wanting me to call them a single person a they or a them instead of a him or a her or a he or she. I can't do it. I just, it's, there's simple things you don't change, and the language is one of them. You're absolutely right. And I, I hope that, um, that the principal's office is overloaded with students who just say or forget, oh, I forgot to do it, or I don't want to call so-and-so something else. Uh, I hope that uh, there's a constant line of people being uh, children being sent to the principal's office to explain themselves, and we'll let ultimately let the principal decide. I guess you know, just make him make his office just a, a, a nonstop revolving door of people that are getting sent there. That just flood them out. Well, you want to hear something funny, and if you want to have a little bit of fun with this, got to give some kudos here to students at the University of Michigan. Now, I'm an Ohio guy. We don't like to give credit much credit to, to the University of Michigan for just about anything, but this isn't football and this isn't rivalries. I give respect when it's due. I've got a story in front of me. Call me Supreme Leader is the headline. Dozens of University of Michigan students chose ridiculous titles as their preferred pronouns. When University of Michigan allowed students to designate their preferred pronouns online last September, Junior Grant, Junior Grant Strobe made national news by declaring he wanted to be known as Your Majesty. Uh, but it turns out that more than 150 other students said, this is ridiculous, they're doing the same thing. So some of the pronouns chosen for online classes... You know, where the kids, I guess, have been told, the students at Michigan, you put your name and then right after it, you put your pronouns. Um, they're getting more than he, her, or uh, he, her, or excuse me, he, she, him, her, uh, they, them, or 
XE, XEM, or whatever weird things they're doing. Here's some of the other ones they're getting. Supreme Overlord, Yeah Boy, Your Dudeness, Your Highness, The Almighty, Exalted One, The Man. I just want to be known as The Man. But somebody says, hey, The Man, that's, that's just epic. The Real One, uh, Velociraptor. All right, there we go. We got somebody who's into Jurassic Park. Kingslayer, and on and on it goes. And, Pat, um, the students there are very clearly trying to point out something that maybe the adults in the room aren't, uh, uh, aren't, aren't understanding, that this is stupid. And it's ridiculous for people to be able to say, this is what I must be called, lest you be punished for not playing my game. Yes, this is, this is certainly one of the trickle-down effects of the attacks on free speech in the last several years. Uh, where it's gotten to this point now, where it's just so confused. Every, you know, it's like playing 52-card pickup with the language. It's crazy. Yeah. But we need to straighten yeah. it out. That's that's part of the whole thing about free speech and the First Amendment and, and what we're doing at Citizens for Free Speech to try and straighten this stuff out and speak intelligently to other people with words that have meaning, that have real meaning to them, not just this superficial fluff that's made up that means nothing to anybody. You know, everybody, and, you, you were know, given a name when you were born, and that's that's the name you should live with all your life. Uh, we could call you whatever you say you, we should call you, but you are, in fact, who you are. I am Patrick Wood. That's the end of it. I was born that way. That was a name I've had all my life. I'm not going to be called by any other name. But if I want to refer to you without saying Patrick Wood every time, I'm going to refer to you as he or him. I'm going to say, yeah, I do a podcast with him. If somebody yep. says, hey, you ever heard of Patrick Wood? Yeah, I do a podcast with him. I'm not going to say I do a podcast with they or them because you're not a they or them. You're a he and a him. And that's and the, and the, the frustrating thing about this, Pat, you say we've got to do something about it. We've got to stamp all of this out. And, of course, you're right, but therein lies the problem. If you say we are only going to refer to people by the proper grammatical pronouns uh, that have been instilled in our language since English was was first formed out of grunts and, and, and snorts and snarls and people started to make words out of them in our language. Um, if you do that, you are going to be considered to be a bigot. You are being homophobic. You are being transphobic. You are being non-binary phobic. You are being twice binary phobic, pansexual phobic. And I'm trying to think of all of the other strange oddities that people say, this is what I feel like. Therefore, you must refer to me as blank and blank. And um, so how do we stamp it out without, you know, without wearing the label bigot or all we're trying to do is just refer to A, science and B, the language, the one that has been written and practiced for centuries. Exactly. A little shameless self-promotion here, by the way. If you, anyone is listening to this particular broadcast and you would like to take a look at Citizens for Free Speech and find out, maybe just like to join right now and, and come and stand with us, stand and deliver, remember, uh, just text the letters CFFS. That's Citizens for Free Speech. Text those letters to 313131. You'll get a link back immediately. You can click on it, and you can even sign up from your uh, from your mobile device or tablet. Or if you want to go to citizensforfreespeech.org, you can also do the same thing there. Check out our website. Check out all the activities and things we have going on. We are the go-to center, the go-to place for all things free speech in America at this point. 
And you may say, well, I'm not sure about that. You go check it out. You'll see, yep, I'm right <laughs> in this one. Well, we are the go-to place for, for the First Amendment and free speech in our country. Pat, you know, let's just do this now um, uh, here on Episode 5, since you just kind of promoted Citizens for Free Speech. Uh, newbies to CFFS and newbies to our podcast, um, this is going to be news to you, but this is even going to be news to regulars and people who have been members of CFFS for the last couple of years. Something that we just launched. As a matter of fact, this week, Pat, people say sometimes to me, and they do when they call my radio program, for those who are listening to us uh, on uh, on the, the uh, Stand and Deliver podcast, I'm, I do a talk show in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, on WHKAM 1420, The Answer. There's some shameless promotion for you. But people call me and say, what is CFFS all about? What do you guys do? And we talk about training people. We talk about uh, the mission uh, of, of you know, bringing civility back to free speech. But we do more than just that. We are activists, and we are getting active in um, local and statewide and in national political endeavors, legislative endeavors, to make sure that free speech is protected, to make sure the First Amendment is protected. And through that, we are just now launching this week the Free Speech Advocacy Center, Pat. Take it away. Tell everybody yeah, what this, this is all about. This is really amazing. We're just getting our feet wet, wet with this, but we've launched this new website. It's as, as part of our normal citizenforfreespeech.org property website, whatever, but this is kind of a separate unit that, um, that lists not only the campaigns that we are active in, but it connects citizens with their elected representatives, whether they be state representatives or national representatives, and in some cases it's coming soon, local representatives as well, people in your city council, your your county commissioners, and so on. We want to track in this. We're tracking policies across the country as expressed by legislation as being introduced in various states around the country. We have a, an amazing new platform that lets us sift out all of the legislation in the, in the country that pertains to free speech, the First Amendment, and sometimes it's a little bit hard to figure out which is and which isn't, but we, we sort through it. We put all those bills up on our new website so people can simply go there. So what's going on in my state? What's going on in Ohio? We just looked at Ohio before we started this uh, this broadcast, and I think there was nine bills we've identified so far in Ohio that specifically have to do with free speech. California has 19 right now, believe it or not. Most of them probably won't get passed. It's a blue state, but... You know, in Arizona, we got nine and so on around the country. People could go and find out exactly what's going on in their state. And if they want to take action, they can. They can contact their legislators right on our website through it. They can send an email to them or they can get the phone number and call them up. All the contact information for every single state in the country is listed on our website. So it's and an exciting thing. Not to, not to be disparaging to anybody, but I mean, let's be honest. Most people don't know. No. Most people don't know what legislation is pending, particularly that are going to impact their own First Amendment rights. And we could go beyond that. There are other, yes. you know, there's other legislation you may choose to get involved in, but but focusing on the First Amendment, focusing focusing on free speech with things that people don't know are there. How do I find out what's there? How do I yes. find out how to protect, you know, what what is so important? It's one stop shopping. I mean, literally, you go to the citizensforfreespeech.org website. You go to cffsaction.org to bring us to the advocacy center there. Click on your state, wherever. I don't care where you are right now. And you'll see bills that you didn't know existed. And you say, oh, my goodness, I'm going to share that with everybody on my email contact list, right. maybe on my social media list. And you get that 
everybody you know, get get involved and tell your legislators, your representatives, what you want done. Um, so we're more we're about more than just making noise on podcasts and webinars and so forth. We are becoming very, very active and vocal and advocates for legislation that protects our First Amendment rights. That is correct. And I'll just give a little mini, a mini pitch here for the concept of free speech in the first place. It's not just talking into the air. It's not just going out and shouting obscenities in the street. You say, well, you have a right to do that. I suppose you do. But that's not what the founders of our country meant for free speech, the First Amendment. The idea was to communicate. Why do you communicate? Well, the reason they communicated back then and the reason we should now is to effect policy change in America, right where we live, policy change. Everything that ails us today is connected to some policy that somebody put into place somewhere along the way, maybe without your knowledge, maybe specifically they hid it from you. It doesn't matter. Policy is what needs to be changed in America, and the way it's done is through free speech by speaking your mind intelligently and, and coherently to other people to persuade them. Maybe you're, you're persuading a legislator, maybe uh, a county commissioner, maybe a, a city council member. This is, where, this is where the rubber meets the road for free speech, is what policy changes are you affecting in your community? And we desperately want to get people engaged in their local communities to get a seat at the table to get their ideas and their principles and, and whatever's in their mind on the table for other people to consider as well. And we want people to understand, too, it's not just the stuff at your state legislatures. Eventually, as we go on with the uh, advocacy page, we're going to have um, local issues involved as well. As we learn of them, local issues, school board, for example, Maybe you didn't know that your local district in which you live is moving to the pronoun, pronoun passport and kids are going to be punished, face sanctions, if they don't play along with this game. And maybe you didn't know that and now you will once you go to these pa this page and click on your state and eventually to your locality and say, this is going on here. I'm going to do something about it with my school board. I'm going to click and I'm going to you know, have something set. So there's a lot of different plans that we have going from, again, national issues, state issues, local issues, school board issues, water department issues, whatever the case might be if you feel like your first amendment rights are in, are in jeopardy. Now, um, go ahead, Pat. You have something else? Well, exactly right. I, and I just want to say <laughs> as we kind of uh, get, get away from that thought, one thing you can't do in America today, especially if you go to Alabama, don't try to get Let's Go Brandon on your license plate <laughs> because, I mean, how silly does this get? But, see, this is this is the insanity that's trickled down from the top all the way down to the grassroots. This story that was uh, surfaced, I, I believe, it appeared in Breitbart and several other yeah. places as well. Yeah, it's Breitbart. But this poor guy in uh, Alabama said, I'm going to be kind of a smart aleck. I'm going to put let's go Brandon in abbreviated, of course, but you could tell what it was just looking at it on his license plate. Well, you would think, well, free speech. I mean, yeah, who cares? As long as it's not like a swear word or killing somebody, something like that, it'd be okay. But what happened to this guy, Bob? Well, the, the, what makes this, story so bizarre as we talk again about free speech which means free expression as well is that nobody at the uh, licensing bureau the state licensure licensing bureau wh whomever that may be in alabama had a problem with it they issued his license plate as requested with the abbreviations for let's go brandon and then after somebody saw it 
They got offended by it. I don't know whom. And they complained to somebody. I don't know whom. But eventually it went up the chain and the state of Alabama uh, retracted it and said, oh, okay, this is objectionable. They determined that this, after the fact, that this license plate is uh, contains objectionable language. And so they're telling the guy, you got to turn it in. You can't have it anymore. If you keep displaying this, you're going to get fined or whatever the case might be. So, you know, the problem here is it's not objectionable. Now, if you know the story of Let's Go Brandon, sure, you, you understand that those words are replacing words that would be objectionable. That would be considered profane in any language. It's, you know, the, the, the blank, the F, the F word, Joe Biden, is how the whole thing started. And, and uh, you know, and, and Let's Go Brandon has come to be known because of circumstances we've covered before as the, you know, the uh, pseudonym for, for that. But, Pat, there's nothing objectionable about those words unless you're hearing the, the, the other words in your own head. And guess what? It shouldn't be up to the, the state the government, or the guy driving the truck that, to be concerned about what, with what's in your head if you see words that are not on their face, let's, a contraction for let us, go, meaning to move forward. Brandon, whoever the heck that is. There's nothing objectionable about any of that unless you're hearing objectionable words in your own head, which is not my problem. And again, a, a, a full-on assault on free speech, free expression. This is very similar, just speaking of Brandon, this is very similar to the guy who was on an airplane who had a mask on his face, and it said, let's go, Brandon. They kicked him off the flight. That's, that's right. Which, by the way, last time, maybe I think maybe it was episode four of Stand and Deliver, maybe it was episode three, Pat, but I kind of issued a little bit of a challenge, and I'm going to do it again right now on episode five. If you're a frequent flyer, even if you're not, but you have an upcoming trip, a little social experiment. Don't get yourself in any trouble. No, not suggesting you do anything illegal or anything aggressive. But you want to put a little, uh, put to the test how free our speech is in this country by way of expression and, and maybe political language. Go into the airport and onto a plane the next time you fly with a face mask, one of the novelty ones that you can have made, that says something that might be considered um, uh, politically correct in the moment. We're, we're dealing with a lot of racial issues in the moment. BLM is extremely popular. Go in with a BLM or go in for a Biden-Harris. Go in with something that, generally speaking, those who are more on the left side of the ideological spectrum would find to be acceptable and say, yay, because they're the ones who are suppressing speech most of the time. While on flight... Take that mask off and put on one that says MAGA. Put on one that says LGB, let's go, Brandon. See what happens. See if there's a difference in the way you're treated. Because it's my contention, the first ones will be A-OK. -okay. Political speech, have at it. But as soon as it's, wait a minute, doesn't that stand for Trump? Doesn't that stand for let's go, Brandon, which is not nice for, for Joe Biden or something of that nature? And watch and see if you don't get dirty looks if not outright complaints to the stewardess, um, excuse me, correct word these days, flight attendants, uh, and ask that, who maybe come over to ask you to change that and remove that because of its political speech. That's a social uh, study, I guess, that I would like to conduct. And I would like you, if you do encounter anything like that, record it and send it to us. Go on our website. You can find out how to contact us at citizensforfreespeech.org. I would love to see what the limits of our political expressive speech really are, particularly when it comes to mass tra transit. Exactly. That's really good. You know, I've um, uh, 
been hearing a lot of information, uh, you know, feedback from people who are dealing with our propaganda brochures that, that we have at Citizen for Free Speech for people to take and hand out to people who, who may not hey, understand what, what propaganda right is. Yeah, that? you got one right there. That's good. Yes, I do. And, Always uh, at the ready. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a lot of feedback that, that, that people are beginning to see through the the propaganda that's coming at us nonstop. And I have I have to reiterate, propaganda is not free speech. Propaganda is is based on lies and deceit. Intent, in other words, intentionally lying and deceiving people into doing something that they would not otherwise do. So propaganda is a very wide topic right now. But it started at the top, it trickled down, and now everybody's in the game. Now everybody wants to be a propaganda expert. And so lying is okay, deceiving is okay if it gets you to what you want. So if somebody complains about um, your bumper, uh, your license plate on your car, whoa, that offends me. Um, this is nothing more than just propaganda. It may or may not really offend somebody, but they know they can get that person in trouble if they lie, mm -hmm. if they deceive the authorities into thinking, oh, oh, I'm so really, really offended. Then the guy goes home and has a beer and watches TV, right? <laughs> or whatever. Well, yeah, what are your damages? Do. You're complaining offense. If you're you're claiming rather offense, what are your damages? What 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 did you suffer from this event or this situation that would make us need to to extend a punitive sanction on the person who was expressing that? And they exactly. never have anything. Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, we're we're breezing through our time today. It's amazing. We're we're getting close to closing time here, but there's so much to say about what's going on in free speech today. There's at least 150 bills across the country that we have identified at the state level so far that directly have something to do with free speech. And believe me, if you don't know what they are, what you don't know might hurt you. Amen. You need to pay attention. Pat, I do have one more in about the four minutes that we have left that I wanted to hit in episode five if we can, because this is this ties right into the advocacy center that we're building right now on citizensforfreespeech.org, Pat, because we need everybody in America that values their free speech and their privacy to contact their legislators to tell them in their state, no. And I could use a, a pejorative there <laughs> along with no or a, a profane adjective, um, but, but no to the smart health card. There was an article in Forbes that I encourage people to read. Smart health card, the verifiable digital proof of vaccination, has been adopted by 21 states and the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico. Five more states are said to be considering uh, rolling this out very soon. Now, the, the story that they tell you is, oh, this is for your benefit. It's for your convenience. All it does is it gives you a QR code that you carry with you, and it tells the people who look at it and scan it your name, your birth date, and your VAC status. Well, what's the harm, right? But the problem with that is, is the harm is still to come. What is the next thing? Yeah, we'll just add it to your QR code. What's the next thing? Well, did you get your booster? Did you get your twice month or twice uh, annual booster or your other booster? But worse, worse off, Pat, this is the element of this that people aren't considering. Once the government can track your QR code to one place or another for the purposes of granting you access, they also now have the information about where you've gone, where you've been. They can sell your information for targeted advertising, or they can just use it to track your movement to see what you're up to to find out if they want to consider you one of those domestic terrorists because you visited CPAC or something else that may or may not be necessarily um, uh, something that they that they like. 
So if you're okay with the federal government or your state government tracking your movement by giving you a QR code that you have to use to get into places, fine. If you think there's a huge problem in the privacy world with that, then you're going to want to get on the horn or get on your email with your state legislators and say, you know that thing that we just adopted in our state? Kill it now with fire. Or if it's not done yet, don't even think about it. We'll primary you right out of office if you even think about letting this come to our state where our privacy can be, uh, you know, can be completely compromised. Yeah, I'm afraid it's too late for Arizona. We already have it. Uh, and we're, well, we're supposed to be a Republican state, right? Um, Ohio, Ohio doesn't have it yet, but we do. And I'll tell you, it did not come through legislation. This came through the back door. It came through a collaboration between our, gov- our governor, who is a Republican, by the way, but he's you know kind of one of those rhino Republicans, and, and yeah. the uh, the health department. The health department is the one that has brought all this stuff into every state. Every state has their own health department, and they do whatever uh, they're told from the top down. So uh, this snuck in, and the contract has already been signed here in Arizona. They've done it. It's not like well they're going to do it. You know, there's public comments and all that kind of stuff. Right. No, they just did it. So we well, had no ability. To, the, the only thing I would say, Pat, is don't say it's too late, though. Any Arizona yes. listening, don't say it's we, too late because it's already there. This is what advocacy yeah. is. Get to your member, your legislators in your general assembly, your, your state legislature, and say, pass a law outlawing that thing that they just did through the health department. Pass yes, a indeed. law and get rid of it. <laughs> That's not exactly right. Well, we are now up against our time for sure. I'm Patrick Wood for Citizens for Free Speech. We've had a great discussion today. We're just getting started. We're going to do this week in and week out. I just can't imagine where we're going, but somebody needs to start this discussion. I hope you can take some of the things we've been talking about and take them to your people, to people you know, and say, you know, I heard this the other day on this thing called Stand and Deliver and get after it. I'm Patrick Wood. And I'm Bob France, otherwise known as King and Master. We'll see you next time on Stand and Deliver. Thank you.